0: I served them a burger, corn on the cob, and a salad. A woman says to my 10-year-old, honey, if you want to keep that figure, you better lay off those burgers. And yeah, see your eyebrows just went up. Me too, I felt felt rage. This moment is where I felt like everything has to change and it has to start with me. It's a
1: vicious cycle that goes out on there and I hope everyone who's listening is starting to open their eyes if they haven't already.
0: And- Constant commentary on, you're lucky to have a small waist. You're lucky you're so small. It was In the sixth grade, um, a family member told me, you better maintain that body or you'll never be able to keep a husband. It's indeed doing all of this because people
1: tell you to rather than what you want it to look like you look around and you see what other people are posting and you're automatically thinking that's what you need to do too like wanting people to accept me
0: but i was my biggest rejecter that is so powerful
1: <laughs> when we were talking earlier i was saying how many goosebumps i was, was having every time you
0: spoke a very long 19-year journey um, i had to learn that
1: having Evelyn on the call with me today. Um, Evelyn, thank you so much for, for being here. Um, you have a, a very intense and, and beautiful journey that you've been on. And you're currently helping, because of that journey, a lot of women out there. Um, it's a topic that I think most of us face in this lifetime. And um, yeah, without me explaining too much about your journey, I would love to hand it over to you. and. Um, for you to share with the audience a little bit more about your journey so far and what has
0: brought you to where you are today. First, thank you for having me here. And second, thank you for doing this work because as women, we really need to feel like there are others who see us and feel us and validate what we're going through. And I think that that's what you provide. Um, so I am Evelyn Lavasser. I am a wellness and mindset coach, Um, I really, truly help women break free from diet culture, start to silence that inner critic, and be able to raise healthy families on their own terms. Um, And I say that because I was the woman that was completely attached to everything about diet culture, shrinking my body, trying to find acceptance, desperate for validation from everyone else, but truly... um, like neglecting myself, like wanting people to accept me, but I was my biggest rejecter. Um, And through my work and through a very long, long dieting history, I had to learn that searching for a program, searching for a smaller body, looking for the answers outside of myself is exactly what kept me stuck in a cycle of losing and gaining and shaming, and feeling guilt, and then trying again, and feeling worse the next time around. Um, So through a a very long 19-year journey, um, I had to learn that my body is a reflection of how I feel about myself. And the more that I wanted to heal the outside, I had to understand that the, the only way to get there truly and sustain it was to heal the inside. I had to learn to accept myself. I had to learn to qualify my character rather than focus on my exterior. I had to fall in love with my heart, right? Like Mm -hmm. at, at 45 years old, I can finally look in the mirror and just see me, not my flaws, not my rounder cheeks. Those things are irrelevant because I love me um but that was the journey the journey was getting there because i was self conscious i was uncomfortable i was extremely critical and i was always living for what i thought people wanted me to be instead of who i actually was i didn't even know myself it's like i traveled life with a mask on constantly mm-hmm. Blending in, constantly fitting in, constantly being who I thought I was supposed to be um, and never really knowing me.
1: Yeah, I I said it to you before, when I hear your story, there's so many elements that I can relate to and that I know that there are friends around me that can relate to this as well. And what I think that really stood out for me, too, is that you mentioned that throughout your journey, especially in the younger years, you were commented on your, your really athletic physique and that that was one of the reasons as well that you became so very conscious of maintaining that as such, which goes to show how careful we need to be with what we're saying to others and what we're commenting on um, too.
0: Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, yeah, as as a little girl, like I played softball and I did cheerleading and I was just super athletic and it was the constant commentary on you're lucky to have a small waist. You're lucky you're so small. I even had a family member once tell me, I think it was about 11 years old. Yeah. I was in the sixth grade. Um, a family member told me, you better maintain that body or you'll never be able to keep a husband. Um, and it's so strange because as a little kid, as a child, You don't wake up and say like, oh, I really hope everybody thinks I look good. Um, You wake up and it's like, I wanna play. I wanna run. I wanna have fun. Like you're looking for joy all the time. As a child, you just look for joy. But those messages started to make me wonder, like there's something important about this. Like even though it was very strange to hear it and I couldn't connect to like, what do you mean I have to keep my husband by being small? It didn't make sense, but it still planted the seed that my appearance was gonna determine how good my life was. Um, and that's the disconnect. And, and I feel like you hit the nail on the head in realizing that those comments, even if we don't mean them negatively, we're planting seeds hmm. for our children. We're planting seeds in other women. And, and especially when you're little, there is such a, their, children are so malleable. You know, and and when you make comments that make them question themselves, it's shaping a later version of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I try to be very intentional about never talking about not only my own body, about other women's bodies or my daughter's bodies. Like I focus on their character. I even go as far as, this may sound strange, but I go as far as not telling them that I'm proud of them immediately. And what I mean by that is when my girls do something hard, um, I don't just turn around and say, I'm so proud of you, because I feel like that forces them to always search for outside validation. They need mommy to be proud, but they don't know how they feel. So I intentionally, when they do something great, I will, yes, make a big deal like, oh my gosh, Tell me how you feel. Like, tell me, what are, you, what are you thinking right now? Like, I can't believe you just did that. What were you thinking? And I let them tell me what they're feeling in that moment. And then I'll say, are you proud of yourself? Then I can say, I'm proud of you too. But I always want them to know who they are first and to feel pride in themselves first before ever wondering what mommy thinks. Oh that is so powerful.
1: (laughs) When we were talking earlier saying how many goosebumps I was was having every time you spoke and I have the same now I think, yeah, that is literally nailing it on its head how important it is for those younger people to first check in with themselves before we tell them that we're proud or we should be proud uh, or that they should be proud on something like yeah, it's what matters is their feeling and how, how it makes them feel. Yeah. Oh, I love
0: that. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So tell me a little bit then, you, yeah, you have the 19 years of, of that journey that you went through. What was the, the, the moment, I guess, where you really went
0: like, okay, something needs to change? I feel like those moments kind of came slowly and intentionally. Um, It was like little nuggets of lessons that I learned along the way until I had like the huge uh aha about myself. So I got married at 27 years old. My husband wanted children immediately and I was more like, I wanna wait a few years. Um, And when we finally decided to try, I had a loss very quickly. And then we tried again, our doctors explained that that was normal. Um, And even though it felt shocking, I still felt very hopeful. So we tried again and this time I carried um, almost three quarters of the way through my pregnancy. And then I suffered my second loss. And that really put me on a negative spiral. It made me question my body. It made me question my purpose. I had always believed that I was meant to be somebody's mother. Um, It made me like not trust. It made me not trust my own body more. I already didn't trust my body, but it made me not trust my body more because I felt that baby inside of me. And, you know, it didn't make sense when I go to the doctor and they're like, I'm sorry, there's no your, your pregnancy is not viable. Um, so it took a it took almost a year of my husband and I having very, very difficult conversations, having some ugly nights of just falling apart. Um, when we finally tried again a year later, I maintained my pregnancy. Um, And in uh, 2009, I had my first baby girl. And I have to tell you, like going through what I went through, I can't really say that I even loved being pregnant because Mm -hmm. my pregnancy, it was beautiful, yes, but also it was laced with fear. And I feel like the whole time I kept waiting for somebody to say, I'm sorry, she's gone. I'm sorry, she's gone. Um, So when the doctor actually placed this baby next to me (laughs) and I heard her crying, it was like, I took a deep breath. My first deep breath in a very long time. And that when I held her was literally the first time I connected that I'm actually taking her home. Like I did this, we did this. She's real. Um, And I remember telling God, just thank you. Thank you. And I am going to keep my promise to you. I am going to be an exceptional parent. I am going to make sure that my daughter is raised feeling things about herself that I could never feel about myself. I'm going to do that. And I did, right? I always spoke to her character. I always um, made sure that she was comfortable and confident, but Mm -hmm. also compassionate toward others and herself. Um, Three years later, I had my second daughter, Mia. And, um, you know, having two daughters, really, (laughs) we teach our children a lot, but they teach us more, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember being, they teach us everything. Um, I was at a picnic. My whole family was at a picnic one year. Jaden was 10. Jaden's my oldest. And this moment is where I felt like something had to every no, not something. Everything has to change. And it mm-hmm. has to start with me. Um, we're we're having uh they're swimming, and I'm like, okay, let's go get some lunch. And I served them a burger, some corn on the cob, and a salad. And a woman says to my 10-year-old, honey. If you want to keep that figure, you better lay off those burgers. And yeah, see your eyebrows just went up me too. Mm-hmm. I felt I felt rage. Yeah. I felt rage because it's like I spent so much time intentionally never talking like that in front of her, never making her question how she eats or or thinking that food is bad or thinking that her body was her value. Like I I was furious to think that an outsider could come in and shatter the lessons that I taught her whole life. Um, But I was glad for the fact that I was able to calm myself quickly Mm -hmm. and recognize that no human being who loves themselves would ever share a statement like that with a child. So I had to let myself like feel the rage, but then exercise compassion and recognize that this woman was speaking from a place of her own hurt. And that's where things changed for me, because that's where I recognize that we want what's best for our kids, but we teach them to shrink. We are part of the problem, right? We want our kids to feel things that we don't feel about ourselves. And that's where I had to see everything had to change for me too, because while I was raising my daughters, verbally raising them to be confident and comfortable and self-accepting and self-loving, I was not living that for myself. So really, I was, I was living a lie. I was telling them that they could feel these things about themselves, but I wasn't showing them because I didn't believe it true for me. And it was literally in that moment at the picnic with the hamburger that I recognized that if I want my daughters to grow up and be self-loving, self-accepting and compassionate women, then I damn well better be one so they can watch it in action.
1: Yeah, you've spoken from the heart and it also goes to show how... I love how you explain that indeed, there are people out there, like you can teach them all you want and try to make their life and as easy as possible, potentially. But at the same time, there are people out there that are out of your control. And you cannot decide how they're going to speak to your children or what they're going to say about them to others. Or it's, yeah, that part is is not within your control. So it's, learning to also realize that indeed those people are hurting themselves and that part of teaching your children is also maybe teaching others Um, that, yeah, still what it means to have compassion for yourself and no better way to do that than starting by yourself and showing them from the inside out. Absolutely. So what was then kind of your, your first step? that you took to to start to implement those things for yourself?
0: Started with a, this is going to sound very silly, but I started with a very small exercise where I wrote down just what I thought about myself. all All the ugly, all of the ugly, all of the criticisms, limiting beliefs, all of the things that I didn't believe about myself. And I sat with that list and it hurt it hurt to read it it took me almost 3 weeks to fill it out in its entirety just because you know as certain situations come up you have these negative thoughts about yourself and i would just write them down um and then i sat down one day and i took every statement individually and shifted it to be an affirmation instead so instead of saying like i'll never be thin i wrote the affirmation i am healthy um I'll never, what, whatever the thing was, I wrote the opposite and created it as an affirmation. Um, and from there, truly, I went and got a coach because I wanted to have somebody that understood what I was feeling, but also understood where I wanted to go. And I had them guide me in some ways to getting there. Um, but it was a lot of mental, emotional work mm-hmm. and not, not physical. It wasn't about food. It was about me and how I felt about myself and how I saw myself and how I limited myself and judged and criticized myself. So the first step for me was, yes, calling out everything negative that I felt about myself, but then also seeking somebody to guide me toward healing that inner part of me. Um, And even then, right, the coach was. A first step for me, but Mm -hmm. I had to continue to do the work. and That's where I implemented meditation. And I like guided meditation at first, because <laughs> for me, meditating at first was like playing whack-a-mole. I cannot stop all the thoughts from coming at one time. <laughs> so guided meditation and journaling with intention, um, and learning to actually pray, uh, in, in that time, I actually left my church. I had been raised in religion, mm-hmm. not relationship. Um, so, Leaving the church is where I actually started to release a lot of guilt, release a lot of judgment of others, and recognize that living with self-compassion, living with self-trust helps me feel more connected. I don't know if you see it, you know, God, universe, spirit, whatever, you feel connected when you trust yourself. Um, I think even in these last two years, I think these last two years, I started to recognize that feeling self-conscious and feeling unattractive and feeling unworthy are all just, it's literally like your soul knows who you are, right? Mm-hmm. You're born with this part of you that you're you are born whole. It's the outside noise that kind of separates us and disconnects us. But living so uncomfortably was literally like my soul knowing who I am, but my mind keeping me living a lie. You know, yeah. and finally like releasing all those outside thoughts and releasing all the judgments and and shoulds that were put on me by everybody else not myself and finally like seeing myself for who I am is like it's like my soul said it's about time. <laughs> like thank you for coming back to me.
1: I love that. I can so recognize this in myself as well, especially that journey of, okay, starting to understand and have the awareness around what's actually going on in your mind. What are you telling yourself? I think that is such a big one because there's so many thoughts and belief systems that we're just following along because they're there and we never question them. But actually asking yourself and put it down on paper so it's visible, visible and it's out of your mind makes it comes to life and makes you see yourself in a different light already without even doing anything with it. Just the awareness of it made such a change and then realizing mm-hmm. how often you say these things to yourself subconsciously. I still am sometimes amazed. Like I've gone through a lot of that healing process and learning about and creating um more awareness around all of these elements and I'm still catching myself sometimes saying things to myself where I'm like, I've been working on this for the past five years. How come that I'm still saying this? That's just showing how ingrained and how deeply covered it is. Um, So yeah, just that awareness piece was for me as well, one of the the big things. does that mean, in regards to meditation, now that you do more silent meditation and do your own
0: meditation? I, I am starting to incorporate more silent meditation, but those are in small, um, like small spurts. I do prefer a guided meditation. I love the guided meditations that keep me connected to, literally, what my body is feeling. Um, yeah. Even visualizations, like um, allowing my energy to rise, raising vibrations. Like all, I love the. I like to start my day with that um, Mm -hmm. after my coffee, but I do love to start my day with that because um, it's just like the the, I know the power of my mind. I know the power Mm -hmm. of my thinking and I want to set myself up for success every day. So if I can start my day seeing, you know, seeing myself rise, seeing myself where I want to be, it feels easier to get there. I wanted to mention too, like when you talked about like the power of our thoughts, right? And the power of like that, the fact that subconsciously we're constantly repeating stories in our mind that aren't even ours, right? And that's why I feel like with my clients, the work is not just in your mindset. Like you have to work on the health and the mindset simultaneously, because Mm -hmm. as you start to implement a healthier lifestyle. And I don't mean dieting by that, but as you start to implement a healthier lifestyle, meaning you're making choices for yourself rooted in acceptance and love. But I will always see our, our very first week. This is just an example. Our very first week together, we always kind of um just brain dump all the dieting things that we've tried and all the rules that we've heard. And we get really into the discussion about how. Those rules, those guidelines take up a lot of mental space. Um, mm-hmm. And really, they're not effective for our health. They perpetuate that cycle of going you know, back and forth. Um, so that's like working on the mindset and the thoughts, but also implementing simple strategies that are effective. And every single time there has not been one client that I've worked with that by the end of week one, they didn't say, I feel like I should be doing more. I feel like I'm not doing enough. And that right there just lends itself to the idea that we believe healthy has to be hard. That the more we deprive ourselves, the better off we are. Or if we had a really crappy day and you're like, damn it, I starved all day long. I am starving. And then there's a part of you that's like proud of yourself. I did good. I did good today because I didn't let myself have the things I wanted, right? So it's literally unpacking all of those thoughts in real time that helps you truly connect to your own body to truly connect to your own intuition and your instincts because all those rules everything that we've learned around food for those of us that are chronic dieters or were chronic dieters everything that we learned is rooted in disconnect yeah so how can you recognize that disconnect when it doesn't feel good like If you're saying to yourself, you know, Evelyn told me I should not eat any carbs and I should not have any sugar and that dairy's the devil, right? (laughs) This this is an example. And you go through the day and you tell yourself for breakfast, like I'm going to have eggs and I really want toast, but I'm not going to have it because Evelyn said no. When you finish that meal and you still feel like, oh, something was missing or I wish I had something else, that right there, is a disconnect. You did what I told you to instead of what you wanted. So it's just a sign there that you trust me more than you trust you. So anytime it doesn't feel good, anytime it feels forced, that's you're literally going against yourself. And this is the other thing. So many of us believe we don't know how to listen to our bodies. We don't know what our body's saying. Like it, it it, almost feels foreign. Like, what are you talking about to listen to my body? And I will argue, you do listen to your body all the time. If you are thirsty, you don't say to yourself, Evelyn said I should only drink water every four hours. I'm not going to have water. You get up and you have your water. If you're exhausted, you don't say, Evelyn said I can't go to bed till nine o'clock. I'm not going to bed yet right? Even if you like drink a ton of water and you need to use the bathroom, could you imagine saying to yourself, Evelyn said, I should only use the bathroom every three to four hours. (laughs) We're taught to trust our bodies in every aspect of what we need, except when it comes to food. When we were little, I don't know about your house, but in my house, you sat at the table and you didn't get up until your plate was empty, right? You Mm -hmm. had to eat all the food. Or If you want a dessert, you had to finish your dinner first to earn it. And those connections that we made as little kids were, we cannot trust our bodies to tell us we're done eating. We have to trust the adult because they know better than us, which is why it is so easy to fall, you know, prey to a diet program because it's like, of course I can trust her to tell me what to do because I can't trust me. Yeah. So we really do know how to listen to our bodies. It's just there's so much misinformation clouding our thoughts around food. Yeah, and, it's and recognizing that. Go ahead. No, you continue. No, it's, just, it's like the awareness, recognition, that initial feeling of: is this thought even mine? Does this even feel good to me? Um, It's that first step, that awareness, that uncovering, that unlearning that gets you like to the food freedom you actually desire.
1: Yeah, and I also think there's an element of if you look back to when we were babies, like we would cry. That was the moment you would get food because we would cry. That was how the parents knew she was hungry. So it's our bodies that would tell us at that point as well. So it's it's so hard to believe that, indeed, as we grow older and we start to eat anything different than drinking milk, that all of a sudden someone else starts to decide for
0: us what it looks like to eat yes. in a certain way. And even to tell you what time to eat and how much to eat and when you're done... Um, And I'm not saying those things are bad, right? Like I don't think my parents intended to give me a disconnect with my body. Like they were trying to feed me. They wanted me fed before I went to school. They wanted me to have dinner so that I was nourished even to sleep. Um, But also the strict and rigid rules around it is what kept me disconnected. Um, So I'll just give an example, like for my daughters now, um, I will say like I cooked dinner, Dinner's ready. If they're not hungry, I don't make a big deal of it. Don't eat. But also, I'd like us to sit at the table and chat. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. Come tell me about your day. Um, So we still have the family connection, the element. But if they're not hungry, they don't eat. They'll eat when they're ready. And then they just clean up when they're ready. So it's a matter of, yes, I want us connected. Yes, I want us having conversation at the dinner table. But if you're not hungry, don't eat. Yeah. You, your body will tell you when when you want to.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder if it goes bigger as well. You mentioned, obviously, when when you were little as well, and same for me, like your parents want you to have food before you go to school and then you have a lunch break and that's when you need to eat because otherwise you go back to school again or are in a lesson and you're not allowed. So it's almost bigger than that, as yeah. in like the, the society needs to help with this piece as well. And open that pot up where okay if you're not hungry before school allow them to eat something during the class if that's what's needed right um Mm -hmm. so that you start to indeed learn more on how to trust your body it's the only way of breaking that cycle um as i view it
0: yeah i agree I, i i actually feel very fortunate that my youngest daughter's school um they're allowed to have snacks in class. So like there's some days, like yesterday she woke up, she's like, I'm not hungry. I'm going to have a yogurt because um, I don't want to get a belly." She She's good about reading her body and she takes medication for her asthma. So um, she has to have a little something in her belly before she takes her medicine. But um, she just packs a snack. And her teacher said, as long as you're not getting food all over your work, you can have your snack. Um, and I And I love that because it teaches her to just kind of focus on what she's feeling instead of like eating to a timer. Breakfast at a certain time, lunch at a certain time. Um, but I totally agree with that, that our our system is not set up to let us trust ourselves, to let us decide for ourselves what is best. It's always about what's an expectation instead of what our body tells us. So how can
1: people, because if I look at my own journey, it's definitely taken, well, I guess, a similar, like 15 years or so to come to that point where I now fully trust myself and how I eat and to uncover, like, okay, I do not have to follow a certain diet or have to not eat certain things to to get to how I want to feel as such. But I can imagine, uh, like... If you've gone if you want to make the switch or start to want to make the switch now, what is the, the best way of of really starting to trust yourself? Um, because we've experienced a very long journey. People might not want to be on that fifteen year journey and wanna start it sooner. So what would you advise for them to to do?
0: Yeah, I think too the the other part of that is that when we set ourselves up, right, we get we I'm gonna go hard on Monday. I mean, I used to say that to myself all the time. I'm gonna go hard on Monday. I'm gonna cut out all my carbs. I'm gonna go to the gym six days. I'm gonna, you know, all the list of things that I was gonna do. And really, if you think about that, all I did was sabotage myself over and over and over again because I tried to to overhaul my entire life at one time. I wanted to change my exercise habits, change my eating habits, my sleeping habits, change everything about myself at one time. And then I wondered why it wasn't successful. Mm -hmm. Like, if you really want to make a change, yes, it starts with a decision first, right? It has to be like, I am I am just ready to feel good. I'm just ready. I want to be here for my kids. I want to watch them grow up. I want to be able to like run around the park with them. I want to go to my daughter's swim meets and jump up and down and scream like I want that. But that has to start with something small and it has to start with something small that I can do consistently with ease. If there's not ease and effectiveness working together in whatever you're trying to do, you'll never sustain it when it's too hard and it's too many things at one time, it's just, it's like a recipe for sabotage, a recipe for failure because our lives are already hard. We have so many decisions we're making in a day and so many responsibilities and so much overwhelm. When we try to turn around and add 10 changes, we can almost guarantee most people are successful for three weeks. In making those changes and after three weeks you fall apart so first a choice this is what i want for myself and this is one small step that i can get myself closer there i would rather take small steps incrementally over a year and have a result that lasts me the rest of my life mm-hmm. than to do something for three weeks and then have to start over and do something for three weeks and have to start over, all the while damaging my self-concept.
1: Yeah, and I think one big thing I decided there as well, which I did the same in my business, it kind of, it's it's funny to see how much is connected to that part of your journey, as well as the entrepreneurship journey, because I feel a lot of it yeah falls, is intertwined as such. but. One thing I really said to myself, like, okay, I'm done with doing it for the short term. Like, I want to feel good on the long term. This is not something I just want to feel for the next month or two months, or I do not want to have a buddy and then never be able to eat chocolate again. Like, this is a marathon. And if I want to run the marathon, I need to do it in a way that I can continue to do it in that way. So it's a full lifestyle switch you need to make rather than just a quick fix to get you to that point
0: really, really fast to then drop off again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I love that you said that um, connection with business as well, because I noticed the same thing for myself. When I first started out um, and I left teaching and started my entrepreneurial journey, I was very attached to the result. I wanted to make X amount of dollars monthly and have the freedom of time in my schedule and the same way as dieting, right? Like I was like, I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to meet this goal. And it was rooted in a feeling of wanting, like for me, whatever I made financially determined how I felt about myself, Hmm. just like with dieting, whatever size I was determined how I felt about myself. So, in the beginning, it was it was me constantly chasing money. Like, yes, I was helping people in the best way I knew how at the time, but so much of what I wanted to feel was rooted in how much money I made. So the same with dieting, it was like, the more I worked on my heart and healing myself, the more I impacted people positively the better I felt about myself, the more I helped women to see themselves and the more my business just grew naturally as opposed to forcing it and and wanting the instant result.
1: Yeah, and I think it's so powerful what you said there is like recognize every single day that you've done it, that you've done it so that you you build that muscle again because most of the time we lose trust in ourselves because we tell ourselves we're gonna do one thing And then we end up not doing it or we do it three days and then we skip it again and it goes in a back and forth cycle because we do not trust ourselves as such. Um, But by setting one simple goal and just sticking with that one goal for a little bit, instead of trying to do 10 things at the same time, can really start to indeed grow that muscle and make
0: you become more trustworthy and for yourself as such. Yeah, I think, too, that the other part of that is that when we set ourselves up, right, we get we I'm going to go hard on Monday. I mean, I used to say that to myself all the time. I'm going to go hard (laughs) on Monday. I'm going to cut out all my carbs. I'm going to go to the gym six days. I'm going to, you know, all the list of things that I was going to do. And really, if you think about that, all I did was sabotage myself over and over and over again, because I tried to, to overhaul my entire life. At one time, I wanted to change my exercise habits, change my eating habits, my sleeping habits, change everything about myself at one time. And then I wondered why it wasn't successful. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really want to make a change, yes, it starts with a decision first, right? It has to be like, I am I am just ready to feel good. I'm just ready. I wanna be here for my kids. I want to watch them grow up. I want to be able to like run around the park with them. I want to go to my daughter's swim meets and jump up and down and scream like I want that. But that has to start with something small. And it has to start with something small that I can do consistently with ease. If there's not ease and effectiveness working together Mm -hmm. in whatever you're trying to do, you'll never sustain it. When it's too hard and it's too many things at one time, it's just a, it's like a recipe for sabotage, a recipe for failure, because our lives are already hard. We have so many decisions we're making in a day and so many responsibilities and so much overwhelm. And We try to turn around and add 10 changes. We can almost guarantee. Most people are successful for three weeks in making those changes. And after three weeks, you fall apart. So first, a choice. This is what I want for myself. And this is one small step that I can get myself closer there. I would rather take small steps incrementally over a year and have a result that lasts me the rest of my life Mm -hmm. than to do something for three weeks and then have to start over. And do something for three weeks and have to start over all the while damaging my self-concept
1: yeah i can totally recognize that and i see that with a lot of my clients too um it's kind of also what's being put out there on on social media a lot like get instant results within a month this many yeah. this amount and <laughs> i think it's the same for the dieting culture as such or just a. Yeah the health and the fitness world where there's a lot of that going on because it sells. That's what people buy. If you tell them that within six weeks, they can have a completely transformative body and um, exactly the body they want, that's what people will be eyeing on and be like, okay, I need to have that. Um, Whereas there's not Mm -hmm. really being thought of as much and thankfully it comes up more and more but also what the difference in everyone's body and life is everyone's physique is different from the moment they're born what i eat might affect you completely different um and what for one works with working out doesn't have to work for another and i think that's another really big important element that we see those really nice pictures on on so- social media and all of these stories that people tell you but whatever works for them it's not have to work for you so it's again so important to come back to who you are as a person and follow your own guidance and intuition and trust yourself that you can make the right decisions that will get you to
0: where you want to be mhm i i love that you said that um connection with business as well because i noticed the same thing for myself when i first started out um and I left teaching and started my entrepreneurial journey, I was very attached to the result. I wanted to make X amount of dollars monthly and have the freedom of time in my schedule. And the same way as dieting, right? Like I was like, I'm gonna do all these things and I'm gonna meet this goal. And it was rooted in a feeling of wanting, like for me, whatever I made financially determined how I felt about myself. Just like with dieting, whatever size I was determined how I felt about myself. So in the beginning, it was was me constantly chasing money. Like, yes, I was helping people in the best way I knew how at the time, but so much of what I wanted to feel was rooted in how much money I made. So the same with dieting, it was like the more I worked on my heart, and healing myself, the more I impacted people positively, the better I felt about myself, the more I helped women to see themselves, and the more my business just grew naturally, as opposed to forcing it and, and wanting the instant result. Yes. Yes. And I, even when you start thinking about even like a lot of the diet rules and things that we've been told, like um, I've been told constantly, like everyone needs to drink a gallon of water a day. And I think about it just just logistically. First of all, a gallon of water is a lot of water. But if my husband is a foot taller than me, how could we possibly have the same needs? right? Like how could his body need what mine needs? Um, so when you start to really like break those those thoughts down and break those rules down, you start to recognize that in diet, in body identity, and even in business, the marketing is meant to play on our insecurities and to really like try to rope us in with this desire that we have. Um, but truly even bigger than that because those tactics fail, it keeps us dependent on them. Like the diet industry is so strong because we keep going back. And these other coaches, these marketing coaches that are promising, you make a million dollars in your first 30 days, they are making a lot of money because we try and fail and then go back to them and say, it didn't work, help me more. When really, Every time we put all of our time and energy into following somebody else's words other than our own, we further the disconnect, we bring us further away from what we actually desire, and we sabotage our results over and over again.
1: Yeah, I I cannot agree more to everything you just said. It's, It's a vicious cycle that goes out on there and... I hope everyone who's listening is starting to open their eyes if they haven't already and indeed starts to ask themselves like, okay, maybe instead of following someone else all of the time, let's use it for maybe guidance or inspiration, but let that person who might help Mm -hmm. you on that journey root it back to who you are and what feels good to you. I think that is so important for um yeah for working with a coach or with a mentor or someone who helps you on that journey because like you mentioned earlier I'm a huge advocate of having someone there helping you out whenever you go and want to make a change, no matter what area of your life that looks like. But it's important that they're not enforcing elements on you because it feels good for them. No, it needs to feel good to you as a person. And And that's what they should really hone in on as well, in my opinion.
0: I totally agree. I feel like the, um, I feel like the deciding factor for what makes a good coach, a good coach is that they actually are able to guide you to make your own decisions. You know, I I say all the time for my clients that come to me for like wellness, my ultimate goal for you is to not need to work with me anymore. You know, I want you to leave our program or our time together, trusting yourself and recognizing that you're the one who gets to make decisions for you. Um, And yes, like my job is to help you unlearn the things that are keeping you back to, you know, help you connect with habits that actually feel good to you, to help you, to help you recognize who you are, right? Like, that's what I want. I want you to see you for who you are. Underneath all of those like limits and negative thoughts. And if I can do that, my job is done because now you can trust yourself and choose to move forward. That being said, for me, I never want to not have a coach again. Mm -hmm. I always want to be guided by somebody who is helping me elevate in some part of my life. And, you know, maybe sometimes it is a life coach, maybe sometimes it is a business coach. Um, It's different for me, but. I never want to just be comfortable staying where I am. I want to grow in community, in comfort and guidance. So I love the idea that the people that I work with just help me be more of me doing what feels aligned with my purpose, not theirs. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's the same for
1: me. I I cannot imagine my life without anyone there to also challenge me like Yes, I've created a greater awareness of myself and yes, I trust myself and I can follow my intuition at this point, but it doesn't mean that I always know what's necessarily always best for me. Sometimes you need someone there that can shake it up a little and ask you the difficult question because you're not ready to ask it yourself yet. Um, And I, I think that's so powerful and it's what helps you to keep moving in life and keep exploring more of life as well. I find it just coming bigger and bigger and um, more enjoyable or fun along the way as well.
0: I think that's something that kind of keeps us a little stuck in life, just because we kind of have an idea that there's an end point. Like, I want to get healthy, is what people tell me. But really what they're saying is I want to lose X amount of weight and then I'm done. Or in business, I want to do this. So they have this goal in mind. And once they get there, they're done. But really, like evolution doesn't stop. You know, even with myself. Like I've been on this journey for so long. And I really truly am. I really am in love with myself. I love all of me. I love all of me. But that doesn't mean I'm done growing. That doesn't mean there's not more for me to learn. You know, mm-hmm. like I I want there's never gonna be. And Evelyn before and after, I forever am in the middle during, I forever, there's no end game. It's just constant evolving and evolution. And and I feel like looking at it from that perspective helps alleviate like that necessity or that like urgency we feel when we start a program. Like I'm going to do this program because I want this thing right now and then I'm done when the truth is that you're you're never done. And that's the beautiful part of it. You get to constantly find new levels of yourself as you evolve.
1: Yeah. Is that also the reason why you decided to start your your own business and, and walk this journey of helping others in their wellness journey? Or what's for you been the, the reason that you stepped into this?
0: So I was a middle school teacher. I taught English for 11 years and um i could feel myself i could feel myself very disconnected i knew that i was a great teacher and i also knew that this wasn't aligned with who i was like i felt myself feeling very constricted very like controlled by politics and policy um and feeling like there was no there was no real change happening because of me. Um mm-hmm. I always felt in my gut like I was meant for something big. I felt this greatness, but I didn't mm-hmm. know what it was, right? Um and I thought in working with children like I'm impacting them, I'm helping shape minds. But when when you're in a classroom and you start to see I started to see like when you're a strong disciplinarian for example and that your class is very under control, you kind of get all the discipline problems within in your classroom. So there's very little, you're spent most of your day on structure and organization, very little connecting. Like I wanted to be in that space because I wanted to help change lives. And I started to see that where I live in this huge city with lots and lots of problems, as a teacher, your ability to connect with children and really see them for who they are was limited because you are ruled by policy. Um, and I feel like it was that disconnect that kept me feeling like I'm, I'm working, and I'm existing, but I'm not living. Like there's mm-hmm. something more. And I really want to, even though I didn't know fully at that time, what I was going to do, or what my purpose was, I knew that I was meant to impact people um, in a way that is like a ripple effect, you know, even now. Now I can see that when I help women, when I help them uncover who they are truly and help them find their version of health, that that freedom that they gain impacts their relationships. It impacts their families. It impacts the way they parent and literally like begins this healing for generations. So when I look at my work now, it feels like, damn, this is impactful.
1: And that's so beautiful, and uh, we spoke about this briefly before as well how how so ingrained our thoughts and beliefs are due to what we've got from our parents and our grandparents and and people above us um in our generation as such so how beautiful is it that you can now actually make an impact in stopping that by by healing this generation or the people that you're working with, so that their children indeed and the loved ones as well are. All yeah, part of that healing process, and get to see it in real in real life happening for them. Um, it yeah, it it's quite yeah. nice when you think about it that way that you're part of such big, big change and transformation um by simply
0: doing something that you love as well. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I also love the idea of. I used to in the past feel like a little bit of regret for some of the things that I went through. And some of the lessons that I was taught, and how I spent so much of my life feeling just horribly about myself. And now I can finally say, like, I don't have regrets and I don't have ill feelings about what I went through. I just recognize that we're all just always trying to do our best. No one, no one taught me these lessons with, you know, malintention. But I also, feel very powerful when i say that stops with me i felt it i went through it i was hurt by it i grew through it i unlearned it and now it's done like that stops with me and my children are going to have their own struggles and i know that they're going to deal with things that i want to just fix for them but i can't <laughs> but i do know at least the things that hurt me won't hurt them because I I healed those parts of me so that I wouldn't give it to them. So it, it feels like there's a part of me that, a part of me is sad for the little girl in me who felt those things, but a part of me feels great power in knowing that it goes no further. It stops right here.
1: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And many of the people that you work with will feel exactly the same because of you going through that journey and coming out of it at the other end um, and decided that the the greater thing there's nothing really greater than you can do that and help other people with that as well so the the entrepreneurial journey as such from what i've seen with most people it's um it's in, like you were mentioning before it's indeed that feeling inside like i'm i'm meant for more and for greater but then, actually making that step and starting that journey um can feel quite overwhelming and scary and um even if you take it from a lot of um excitement at first, that can dwindle quite quickly because it's again not a journey that is very light and always as fun, it can be very tough as well um How have you experienced that?
0: Oh, I would say yes to all of that. I started with excitement, like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to make my own hours. And um, very quickly was like, but how? <laughs> uh, how? How do I do this? And um, also, I think when you're first starting out and you're not entirely clear on who you are, um, that shows up in your work. So, My messaging was not clear. My, um, along with my messaging, also my program wasn't clear. Um, I could help people lose some pounds, but ultimately they'd gain it back because I wasn't doing that mindset work, right? And then there's the other part of it where I was reaching out for help, but the wrong kind of help. You know, I'd have a coach say to me or not even a coach, just someone that was in the business say like, what, what you need is a really strong website because then, then you'll convert. So I built a website, but my messaging was unclear. So my website didn't convert. Oh, what you need is a really, um, strong funneling system. Okay. So I went through and built out the whole funneling system and my messaging wasn't clear. So my funnel didn't convert, um, you know, and, and what you need is to hold webinars and what you need is to make a low ticket item and what, you know, all the what you need, what you need. I was following everyone else's um, everyone else's ideas of what would what was finally going to work for me and not really recognizing all the while that my message was unclear. How I felt about myself was unclear, how I was actually getting women to where they wanted to be was unclear. I was speaking to their struggles and attracting struggle. Instead, when I started to speak to their desires, I started to attract women who had thought about their desires, who thought about what they wanted differently for themselves, who were actually already on a mindset journey, right? So it was with time and clarity that I was able to take some of the ideas that I learned in the past but use them for what felt good for me. I mean, I even had a coach that told me, you need to post five times a day and email at least twice a day. And oh my goodness, I would spend hours making Canva, um, Canva photos or Canva documents and then putting them on later.com and auto posting to Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and, you know, just exhausted, exhausted and resentful like I was like I don't even like this anymore I don't even want this is exhausting and still not seeing the return on my investment so when I dropped that website and when I said I don't care about this funnel and when I said like I'm not going to do things the way that you said I have to it was like I could just speak I could just be me I could just get on social media and share something that felt good to share about and then let the conversation take off naturally from there. Um, It was literally releasing everybody else's rules and expectations and saying, I'm going to just relax into this and do what feels good. That then I started to see clients attracted to my work instead of me forcing them to come to me by, you know, making promises about exterior stuff.
1: Yeah. And I guess what comes into that as well, what I at least see is, and what I've, what I hear from you is that authentic alignment with yourself, because you were probably speaking to something that didn't really feel as authentic as you maybe wanted it to be, but you did it because You look around, it's what we discussed earlier. You look around and you see what other people are posting and you're automatically thinking that's what you need to do too. Um, But it's not your voice and it's not how you want to come across as such. And that's what I've personally have experienced. And that's what I see with clients happening so much that it's indeed doing all of this because people tell you to rather than what you want it to look like
0: also i had a story in my mind in my in the past i labeled myself a fitness coach and in my mind i had to talk about what to eat how to exercise and all those things and and see, like i would make posts and be irritated with myself after like i don't want i don't want to talk about this but then i would tell myself but you have to because this is what you do we're now I don't necessarily even feel attached to the label. I'm just Evelyn. I'm just Evelyn. I don't care what kind of coach I am. I'm just Evelyn. And I make a living being me and helping women be themselves too. Um, I don't want to talk about if you should get peanut butter that has sugar in it or not. I don't want to <laughs> talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about how you wake up in the morning and remind yourself who you are, you know? I want to talk about how you eat a meal and enjoy it and sit down and maybe even take your kids out for ice cream and not feel guilty about it. I want to talk about that. So it was this attachment to, I have to do it this way because this is what I'm supposed to be doing when it made me resent the very thing I was trying to build. Yeah. So would that
1: also be your biggest tip for starting or newly entrepreneurs who are most likely on their journey indeed doing maybe things that they think they should be doing or feeling frustrated or not seeing the results what would your tip as an entrepreneur be for them
0: i think that my greatest tip for anybody trying to move forward in this space is to be really connected to who you are because your intuition will guide you and really not to be not to be attached to an outcome just always choose what feels like the next best step for right now. And the rest will continue to reveal itself. Like as you continue to make small steps and make moves and start to see some wins, it'll become clearer and clearer what you should do to move on. But the outcome may actually come out completely different than you expected to begin with. So if you can focus on the right now, what you can do today, don't be attached to what it's going to look like in a year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. It's good to set intentions and goals, but indeed not being attached to it is what makes, yeah, is the key here to to detach from the outcome and see, look at it objectively. Um, that's what I, yeah, what I found had to help me the greatest in my business as well. Just do what feels good and take action. I do think it's a fine line between, okay, how much am I going to sit back and maybe relax into it a little bit? And how much am I pushing myself forward? Because I know this is what I need to do. Um, but it mm-hmm. it all comes up to the same point, really. Like, focus or have a, have a goal where you're working towards too. But at the same time, do not focus on it too much.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that, you know, it, it is that. I want to have a successful business. I want to impact as many women as humanly possible. I want to I want to impact homes around the world. I want I want all of that, but also like how do I get there? By doing something small today. By putting my name out there, by being aligned with who I am. And then, you know, you take steps, you join programs, you join um Facebook groups where you make connections like we did. Um, And that was just an authentic connection. You know, you mentioned something, someone recommended me, we hopped on the call. Um, I feel like just being you, just speaking your mind, but knowing what you want to do, right, is the best first step. And then the small steps will continue to reveal themselves as you go along. Strategy is great and necessary but also so's clarity. Yep. And the strategy is irrelevant if the clarity's not there.
1: Yeah. I agree with that. Totally agree with that. Well, on that note, I think um we've we've covered a lot today, so many useful nuggets. I already cannot wait to listen back to this episode and and um yeah, and and just take it all in uh, again. But before I want to finalize, I want to um make sure that the people that are listening to this have uh, the place to to find you and to to reach out to you and to learn more about how to work with you so what would be the the best place for them to
0: yeah to find you so i am on um facebook just my name evelyn levasseur i'm also on instagram but i spend a lot more time connecting on facebook um and you can go to evelynlevasseur.com and um yeah that, that that's about it i am also releasing a podcast next month and um that should be up on apple spotify and amazon it's called minding mine that's exciting can you share a little
1: insight yeah. about what it's going to be about oh yes
0: so minding mine it, it's almost a play on the words minding your business um because I don't see my, we, we use the term minding your business or mind your business as stop being nosy. But for me, minding my business is minding everything about myself, minding my intuition, my gut instincts. If I stop listening to what everybody else says is right for me, then I'm minding my business. So the podcast is going to be all about minding yours, relationships, business, health, wealth, conversation friendships um all the things in your life that you want to just feel good just align with who you are we're talking about every part of it
1: i love it i cannot wait for that to come out and yeah guys um i will link everything below as well so that everyone can can check in with you and start following your podcast too but thank you so much evelyn for being on today and
0: for being here with us i so appreciate being here i love our conversation and i just love that you know we get to help women be themselves by just being ourselves couldn't agree more (laughs)
1: wrap up another episode on the stories to remember podcast i want to thank you for being a part of our community it's your support and engagement that keeps me going i would also like to request a small favor if you found value in this episode and enjoyed our podcast so far i kindly ask you to subscribe your subscription not only means the world to me but also helps me to expand the reach connect with more incredible guests and continue sharing
0: inspiring
1: stories furthermore your engagement and feedback are invaluable to us so please do share your thoughts on the podcast for now once again thank you so much for tuning in stay inspired stay motivated and i can't wait to have you with us next time see you then